Good morning. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word is so precious to us. We thank you, Lord, that your word today, realms of glory, that goes out to us, may not return to you void and empty, but accomplish all that you desire for it in our hearts, in our lives, and for your glory. Amen. move the step. <laughs> in July, I preached on the fragrance of life, and last month on Christ in you, the hope of glory. These messages were focused on Jesus' presence within us, and today's message, Realms of Glory, speaks of us having the light of Christ in us, and how Christ's glory can appear over us especially in times of darkness in the world, that we may look and see awesome things taking place. For Christ in you, Christ in me, is the King of glory who reigns in heaven above in supreme power and majesty and indescribable light and who is just longing for us to shine and radiate his glory. When I was on the lay preacher's course some years ago, I was placed at the temple, St. Mary's Cray, to complete my third year of training, where I led services and preached and had other commitments, which I really enjoyed. I remember a time when I was preparing to preach and the Lord asked me to speak on his divine love. I said, oh Lord, that's big, (laughs) you know. um, What do I know about your divine love that I should preach on it? And then with the assurance of the Holy Spirit's help, I shared what the Lord put on my heart. And it was the same with this message today, for I once again felt so inadequate when the Lord asked me to preach on realms of glory. But today, hopefully, with God's help, this message will not only be a blessing to us all, but a deep challenge that will help us prepare for the coming revival and the Lord's return. Hallelujah. (laughs) But before we go into realms of glory, I would just like to briefly give a recap on the first two messages before moving on to what I believe is the third part of this whole message. And hopefully this will help us to see the full picture. In the message the fragrance of life, we heard how Mary poured out her most expensive perfume on Jesus with such extravagant love and extravagant worship. And we were encouraged to all the more lavish our love and worship upon Jesus and know that the fragrance of Christ within us can be spread everywhere we go as God leads us in triumphant procession in Christ. We also looked at what Jesus said of Mary, that it was a beautiful thing she had done for him. And then we heard how Mother Teresa's book, Something Beautiful for God, had transpired from her prayerful desire to do something beautiful for her Lord. And we also spoke of how we too could pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to lead and inspire us to do what we can do. 
Then in the following message, Christ in you, the hope of glory, we looked at the supremacy of Christ and how he is described as the image of the invisible God and that by him and for him all things were created in heaven and on earth, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, for he is before all things and in him all things hold together. We spoke of Jesus having won the victory for us by his sacrificial death on the cross and that he is the head of the church and the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. We also spoke of the hope to which God has called us, which is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power, says Paul, is the power of his Holy Spirit living in us and preparing us for glory. Hallelujah. We also picked up on Paul's words of warning that we need to continue in our faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel that we may present ourselves perfect in Christ. Then toward the end of this message, we had some scriptures to encourage us to keep pressing in with our faith to reach the goal of God's perfect plan for us to share eternity with him in the beauty of holiness. For Christ in you, Christ in me, is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. We then had a time of prayer for those to follow to receive Jesus or for anyone to say the prayer of salvation again, that we may all be sure of knowing that Christ is indeed in each one of us. So, as we now turn to Isaiah 60 with the message for today, Realms of Glory, we first read these incredible words. Arise, shine, For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. This is a prophetic word spoken by the prophet Isaiah for Israel. And it is also the word of the Lord that he has put on my heart for us to hear this morning. Along with Ephesians, that we may see how our rising up to radiate Christ's light within us is so relevant to God's glory coming upon us and our seeing great and awesome things taking place as we obey the word of the Lord. Some years ago, when I was a teenager, like most teenagers, I liked to lay in at the weekend. And my dad would come up with a cup of tea and he would say, Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. (laughs) But his next words were not so nice. Get up and stop smelling in bed. (laughs) Oh, Dad, I'm not smelling, I would say. But my mum said it was an old army saying. And when we think about it, we are all soldiers in the army of God. And how much more we should arise a mighty army and release the beautiful fragrance of the Lord for the glory of God. Hallelujah. 
The next verse in this chapter speaks of darkness covering the earth and thick darkness being over the peoples. And I'm sure you will agree the world is becoming much darker than it was as we hear more and more shocking things taking place. But in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, we read these words. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And here in Isaiah 60, the prophet, having spoken of this darkness, says, But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Don't you just love those buts in the Bible that bring us a bridge to cross over and see what the Lord will do in situations we face as we obey his commands and follow his direction for our lives. For Jesus said in John 14, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. So what is Isaiah really saying to us in this passage? He's saying that the church needs to wake up, arise and shine, that our light, the light of Christ within us may shine, that the glory of the Lord may come upon us, that whatever spiritual darkness there is around us, whatever is happening in the world, we, the people of the Lord in our obedience, will be covered with the glory of the Lord. So we need to heed the word of the Lord in our aim to live holy and obedient lives. And I believe our second reading helps us to identify some of those areas that we need to look at and make any changes we need to make and repent and receive God's forgiveness that together we may all shine brighter and know of God's glory over us all at Christchurch that... Nations will come to our light, even kings. (laughs) We will just need to lift up our eyes and look about us and see all assemble and come to us. So how can this be? One word comes to me, revival. (laughs) For once it comes here, it will become well known. And we can expect people of all nations to come. And yes. Our loved ones, too. (laughs) For verse 4 says, Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. And they don't need to be at a distance physically, but at a distance spiritually, maybe. And in the Gospel of Luke 15, Jesus tells this parable, that if a shepherd has a hundred sheep, would he not leave the ninety-nine to go look for the lost one? Then when he finds it, he puts it on his shoulders and goes home rejoicing. And then Jesus said, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So may our prayer be, 
Lord, save that one. Save that one and go on naming that one in your family or friends or neighbours or work colleagues. For Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will, shall be one flock and one shepherd. <clears throat> and I'm sure like me, you have those you have been praying for for many years. And here Isaiah says, then you will look and be radiant. Your hearts will throb and swell with joy. Just imagine your loved ones walking into the kingdom, becoming part of the family of God, because it's going to happen. And as we arise and shine and see the glory of the Lord appearing over us, and we witness awesome things taking place here. Then we read on with these words. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Let's believe for all this to happen. But I'd just like to say, I didn't feel led somehow to believe for the following verse, which says, herds of camels will cover your land. (laughs) But I did feel that these first five verses could well be a prophetic word for Christchurch for revival, to arise and shine that our light in our small corner may be seen as we honour the word of the Lord and obey his commands. Hallelujah. And now we turn to Ephesians 5 which is a good guide for us all to prepare our hearts to be pure and holy. For this scripture contains some very challenging words for us. And I pray the Holy Spirit may convict us of anything we need to do to be right in God's eyes and not face his wrath to come. This may sound a bit dramatic, but I'm trying to follow the Lord's direction and not pussyfoot around, but be bold in declaring the word of the Lord and at the same time praying for myself that I deliver this word not by my might nor by power, but by the spirit of the Lord Almighty. So as we begin in Ephesians, the apostle Paul says these beautiful words of instruction for the church. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then he swiftly moves into saying, But among you, There must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed. These must-nots, he says, are improper for God's holy people. He then goes on to say, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place 
and adds that no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. As I was preparing this word, I began to realize that the message, Realms of Glory, was perhaps less of a challenge for me than this chapter, as I'm feeling, surely not for your people here, Lord. And I remembered that it is the Lord who sees and knows all things, and perhaps this is a message for one particular person here. I don't know. But I feel compelled to bring this challenge for us all to heed. And speaking of sexual immorality, in the King James Version, it says, fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. For fornication is the sin of sex before marriage and perhaps is less known. Another warning the Apostle Paul gives is to let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, he says, do not be partners with them. For we were once darkness, but now we are the light in the Lord. And we are to live as children of light who bear the fruit of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Paul then says to us to find out what pleases the Lord. Well, we know in Hebrews 12, 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we know he's pleased with our faith in him. Then in Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, we read these words. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. And this too has a warning. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Hallelujah. In verse 11, we are instructed to have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And if we have anything in our homes that is not wholesome in any way, like books, videos and such, that may be of the enemy, especially anything on witchcraft, because the Bible is quite clear about us not being involved in any way in witchcraft. And if we look in Acts 19.19, we see that those that were convicted by the Spirit who were involved in sorcery, witchcraft, brought their books and their items to be burnt. And I personally would speak and say that I do not, I do not um, accept for myself Harry Potter. For some time, I've, uh, some time ago, I heard 
that people who have got rid of things in their home that they didn't even realize were there, you know, people might have given them to them, and they've got rid of them, and they found that they were healed. In our house group, we were speaking of how we as Christians are being more and more silenced in the world and pressured to observe the political correctness. And someone in our group said how much more the Lord is calling the remnant of the church to speak up, even though there may be consequences. But knowing as we speak, the Lord will move upon his word and change lives. But if we are silent when the Lord wants us to speak out, we may find we have blood on our hands by simply being quiet and holding back. For as the Apostle Paul says, it is our light that makes things visible. And we need to be wise and make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And Paul adds, do not be foolish But understand what the Lord's will is, and do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I looked up the word debauchery in the dictionary, and it's something we don't want to be in risk of falling into. It says, the habitual and unrestrained excessive indulgence of lusts, alcohol, drugs, sexual activity, partying. I especially thought, surely not. Your people here are walking in the light with you, Lord. But I felt especially to speak about alcohol and the dangers of excessive drinking. Then in my morning devotional time, I read these words in the King James Version, in 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. And be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. So if this is a word that speaks to some of us here, may we heed the warning and now hear these most powerful words. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And now, as I conclude this message on realms of glory, I finish with these glorious words in Colossians 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this word, realms of glory. I thank you for the previous two messages, and I pray that, Lord, this whole message that you have given to us from your heart to our hearts would bear fruit for your glory. 
Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict our hearts of anything in our lives that is not right before you, even a hint, you said, even a hint of these things. Because, Lord, we are your holy people. And we want, Lord, that our lives would reflect your glory. So, Lord, move among us by the power of your Spirit and bring us, Lord, into a a deeper uh, relationship with you that you may take us higher as we shine our lights for you and your glory comes upon us individually and as a church as we look forward to revival, as we look forward to the return of Jesus. Prepare us, Lord, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.